Welcome to Amplified. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Well, hello, 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 and welcome to hopefully a corona-free day. And we just got back from an amazing event, uh, the uh, International Association of Occupational Implantology Conference. So what a mouthful that is, and hope you got all your teeth, because if you don't, at least this this, uh, conference will teach all the wonderful dentists in the world how to give you an implant that's safe, lasting, and will make you look great. So, Andrea, I just got back from New Orleans, and they were not partying like they normally do. I think the Mardi Gras was cut back a little bit. The airports certainly were. And, you know, I I have to confess something. This is embarrassing, but, you know, if I don't tell the world, then they may think that I really wasn't in New Orleans or I was dealing with this coronavirus. So there's a shortage of TP and water. I, I don't know if you know that. I do know that. I know that people who are traveling all over the world, uh, taking it from the hotels and the restaurants <clears> that they're traveling to. <laughs> well, I, I was at a lovely hotel, the Westin, and, well, their toilet paper is very nice. And so is their paper. <laughs> and I went to a restaurant uh, named Karma. And the night before I, read, I, I went to Karma, I Carmo. said... I'm Carmo. Yeah, you, you remember. That's pretty cool. So Carmo is kind of like Karma. It's the male version of it. So I, uh, <laughs> I went ahead and had a delicious meal there, got back to my hotel and said, you know what? Karma shmarma, Carmo shmarmo. I packed the two tissues and the two toilet papers and two waters in my, uh, in my suitcase and forgot to pack my toiletry bag. So 50 bucks in toiletries, maybe 100 for about $6 worth of free uh free emergency corona supplies so (laughs) so i was a raving karma lunatic on that one um well the really cool thing about the whole virus is you know um you know the people who show up at an event at the ceramic implantology conference by the way um uh so it was uh, focused on ceramic implantology that you were at um they all were really uh awesome you know from how they show up and how you know the people who still came so you know people who travel all over the world not everyone was able to make it but the numbers sounded were pretty good for you so um you know for the people who still made it and showed up. So congratulations well, to Dr. Sammy Numbisi for that. Yeah, our local our local homeboy from the D.C. area. And then we have another local person who's going to be on a show. And by the way, it's not just ceramic implantology. It's all ceramic. I mean, it's all implantology. It's zirconium, etc. Ceramic just happens to be a focus of Sammy's. And he obviously has uh, a lean towards that since he believes, and I would agree, that it's the safer uh, way to do implants. But it's actually all types of implants. Just so you know. God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's hysterical. <laughs> well, otherwise, the other dentists that were talking about zirconium uh, implants were actually somehow well, well, infiltrated. They did refer to them. Um, I, I, uh, you know what, Ken? I, I'm going to out you on something. I don't normally do this, but it is the ninth annual um, IO. IAOCI, which stands for the International Association of Ceramic Implantology Conference. 
And they yeah. talk about all implantologies. So yeah, but were, they also they talk about they zirconia. Talk about yes. yes, they do. Yes, they do. <laughs> and everything else. And I hear that they were uh, extracting pig jaw bones, uh, teeth out of the jaw bones for hands-on workshops and a lot of really cool stuff. So that's amazing. <laughs> I've never seen such a thing. So that would have been fun to, to, to take a peek at. And just so that uh, everyone knows that this was not an unsafe practice, all the pigs were corona-free. So that was actually <laughs> okay. So I'm really excited oh, to bring well, our I guest on. I heard Arne. you also had something special, though. Wait a minute. I heard that you were uh, with some friends who were coining some fun terms that ended up going viral. So not only did they have a corona, but then they had a, a quarantini. Uh, quarantini chaser. Yeah. Yeah, chaser. <laughs> and if they Sounds wait like till July, people. they get to they get to get lime to add to that Corona. Yes, exactly. We've <laughs> we've been we've been kind of over. People that are listening to this, they're saying, "Okay, we've heard that over four thousand times in the last two days." So, so nothing to joke Only about. Obviously, looking at the internet. <laughs> well, uh, yes, and no one's doing that while they're at home in quarantine. That's for sure. All right, so please bring our our guest, Len. He did a phenomenal job, and he spoke to my heart and my business soul in all that he said. And I just uh, I grabbed him and I hugged him with a plastic bag around me, so that I wouldn't obviously be touching him. And then I moved six feet. Plastic bag over your head, Ken. (laughs) And then I moved six feet back, so it was safe. And then I I embraced him one more time. So he is really amazing. I can't wait to talk to him about my favorite topic. <laughs> so, after purchasing his practice, the Pennsylvania Center for Dental Excellence in Philadelphia in, tw- in 2007, Dr. Leonard Tao, our guest, solely used the power of the internet to help grow his new patient base, and he really went against the traditional way of marketing a dental office. He now lectures internationally on internet marketing, social media, and reputation marketing, Ken's favorites, and its ability to make your dental office more visible and credible. He's also the general manager of the Dental Vision for BirdEye, which is a reputation marketing platform, and he's the founder of iSocial Digital, which is a consulting firm that helps dentists develop a comprehensive online marketing plan. Uh, By the way, if you're listening to this, you don't have to be a dentist in order to enforce these awesome tips and information no matter what business you're in his content oh, and by the way you know, even if, seminars andre even if you're not ahead. listening to this even if you're not listening to this <laughs> You can just take it in. His content-rich, engaging seminars allow him to bring his firsthand experience to his audience and audiences. He was chosen as one of the top leaders in dental consulting by Dentistry Today. And he is a dentist, a consultant, a speaker, a podcaster, and a practice owner. In fact, Ken is going to be on his podcast this week as well as I. So um, extra information to hear about how Dr. Leonard Tao is putting information and out to the world for people in the dentistry profession. And few professionals within the dental industry have the level of expertise, knowledge, and passion for the field that he does. He has traveled to throughout the country, educating dental professionals to help them succeed in growing their practice, reigniting their passion for dentistry, and navigating the fast-changing nature of the job. So congratulations to you, Dr. Leonard Tao. Len, I believe we're going to call you. So welcome to the show. We're so glad to have you here. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And Dr. Tao, I was very uh, pleased with Andrea sharing that we'd be on your show. For those people that are listening and also not listening, they'll know that we're going to be on your show. (laughs) Or not know. 
that's great. I look forward to uh, having you on my show uh, later this week. Well, I will not bring my sense of humor. I'm going to only do it today so that you will have a straight-up show when I come on your show. Okay? <laughs> All right, so I want, to just say, I want to applaud you that you not only uh, take a topic that I think is already exciting, but you made it really gamified, and you, and you certainly uh, give uh, a lot of information that a lot of people haven't heard before. I, I imagine, well, when you had people raise their hands that, uh, you know, do Google words, et cetera, uh, it was very low amount of people that actually get your topic. So this is something that I'm surprised about. But as you and I know, people that know how to play the game of getting reviews typically are at the top of the chain in their space. So um, I want to also applaud you for all the prizes you gave to the winners of the the answers to the questions you gave, and you gave them, I mean, free implants. I mean, there were all kinds of really great prizes you were given. <laughs> no, I gave, I gave some gift cards. I, I, I get my attendees all uh, excited because I'm giving them away. I want, I want interaction, and if I give them an incentive to interact, it keeps the seminar exciting and, and uh, exhilarating rather than these boring events that people go to. And when you look around the room, they're on their phones or they're sleeping. So I, I just have a different way of presenting to these audiences. And, and they, they like it, and they keep the engagement level up. That's why I do it. Yeah, you have lots of questions, and I will say, since I was at the conference for three days, that it's a very scientific, very technical conference, and a lot of a lot of the presenters are talking directly to a, a screen and forgetting there is an audience. So you had one of the best and enjoyable conf- uh, presentations. So big applause to you, and thank you also for uh, sharing the other event that was happening in New Orleans, one of the few that weren't canceled, the WOW conference. And if you'll just briefly share that, and then we'll step into uh, the topic of your book. Yeah, Delivering WOW was set up by uh, Dr. Anissa Holmes, who actually is a dentist in Jamaica, um, but she grew up in the New Orleans area, and the last two of her events were on uh, on the Jamaican island, and uh, she brought this one to the U.S., and there were supposed to be 350 uh, dentists and team members there, uh, but she's created this movement of, of how to deliver WOW to to uh, patients, and um, she has a very good following in, in, in the, the world, I guess you can say, and uh, she brought this event to, to New Orleans specifically this time. Uh, she brought in about 12 speakers. Uh, this is the second time I've spoken at her event. Um, some of the best speakers out there talking about all different aspects of business, uh, nothing clinical, so it was all business aspect. Uh, financial, there was a speaker on um, billing, myself on, I spoke about bad reviews at the seminar, uh, a couple of marketing speakers, um, and it was, you know, in the time of, uh, that we're dealing with now with the coronavirus, uh, it was a great way to bring a very close to the community who was already very close together, um, and, and brought us even closer, and uh, it was a fabulous event, I, I enjoyed it, I I, um, I spoke on, on Saturday for 50 minutes, um, and uh, I, mean, I think everybody had a great time. And New Orleans, even though it was, uh, you, mentioned, you mentioned it when you were during your little introduction there, um, New Orleans isn't what it normally is with the big party atmosphere, but it definitely, um, it definitely was less, less partying, I guess you can say, uh, because of the way that the country's being kind of uh, inundated with this virus issue. But uh, no, it was a great event, and... Uh, um, I was happy to be part of it for the second time now. So, Well, again, thank you for the invite. Uh, I know that we wanted to get a lot more pictures of the dentist with smile cards and that uh, that opportunity will afford itself when it's supposed to, but thank you for allowing us the information and also the invite to get to that event and meet the host. I did want to share that we will be actually asking you later this week, we're making the Keep Smiling 
it is around the 99th or 100th book, actually, uh, that we're actually sending to the media to include Ellen, Oprah, and anyone else that will uh, accept the book as a decision maker to wake up the world that Corona is not the focus because that's depression. Um, smiles are the focus because that's love, light, and and also positivity and brings us together and actually helps us fight things like this in a positive way. So I, uh, I'll be sending over the book later this week to you. It's Keep Smiling, the World's Best Dentist. And I'll be asking you, not only who am I missing, but, but where can we go to these events to make sure we include them? Because dentists are so responsible. And it's interesting, there's a disconnect, in my opinion, of dentist marketing, how important what they do is to actually a person's confidence, their ability to be abundant, their ability to feel good about themselves, their ability to actually enjoy life. So what do you think about that comment? I think it's. I think it's. I, mean, I think it's great. I mean, any way I can help, I think there's a lot of issues out there. I think there's. Uh, uh, I mean, I loved when you share with me what you're doing and and the point of your nonprofit and everything that's involved. Well, um, I think it was. I think it's a fabulous way of getting out there and, and doing it. Uh, you know, I want. I do want to mention something. Um, when I, when Andrea came to the event. Um, a couple of people came out to me afterwards and they were holding the card. I said, oh, you spoke to Andrea. And she goes, yeah, she was amazing. She came in. She, she had us hold the card. She told us quickly what she was doing. I've never seen someone like came in and, and so quickly do what they needed to do. And, and uh, you know, it was, and so I got a lot of comments about that. So I thought it was really interesting because I was, I was inundated with, with uh, you know, I had a book signing at the meeting. So I was inundated. And I, I saw her for a couple of minutes. But, uh, you know, obviously she was, whatever she did there, she would, Everybody knew about her very quickly, so she was in and out in a blast, and so kudos to her for that. Well, she's certainly an artist and a and a force of positive energy, so I was happy that she'd go over there because at, on the day that I was going to go over and uh, support or be at your event, I found out that there was going to be like 20 speakers in the morning talking about their, their quote-unquote poster or um, their particular presentation, so I had to be there and miss that. But I am going to make the future one because we are going to be working together. In fact, um, you can tell me later, but I, I would like to choose you as the author of The Best Dentist in the World because I think you really speak to the, the fact that the best dentists in the world actually get the best reviews in the world. And I think that makes sense. So I would, uh, I would agree with that. So the something that I want to get right into the audience right now is it's interesting that most reviews are not about bad dentistry. They're about everything but dentistry. They're bad business, bad common sense, uh, bad manners, bad timing, <laughs> bad, <laughs> short timing, etc. So let's talk about your book, Raving Patients. And it is a beautiful book, and you had uh, the book done by Morgan James, and they always do a great job on the cover. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a nice book from a standpoint that there's a lot of great information. It's well-designed, well-formatted, and I can't wait to dig in. So first of all, Raving Patients, that's a, a controversial name in a, in a coronavirus time that uh, they're raving, they're frothing, and they're going to infect other people. So let's address that first. Well, this is meant as raving good, not raving bad. I know. So you want really happy, really happy patients <laughs> going out there and and talking about um, your business, but in direct response to your question, you know, most, most bad reviews are not related to bad dentistry. As you said, they're related to customer service issues. 
Um, and this is in, in general in, in most businesses. It's related to the customer service. It's not related to to the, the, the a bad issue with the service itself or the the product itself. Um, you're 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 running late. It's about money. Um, you know they don't like the the person at the front desk. Um, that's what we're dealing with in most circumstances. It's not about the physical. You know the physical dentistry. People don't who go to the dentist don't know they're getting bad dentistry until they go to a new dentist. And the new dentist says, well, who did your work? And the patient says, why? And they say, well, the work that you had done doesn't look like it's very good. That's how they found that out. You know, they don't know that the crown is not seated on the the tooth correctly. Um, They know they have pain sometimes, obviously. That's a problem. But the physical dentistry, they're not really complaining about it. It's the fact that you're you're, uh, running late. Like I said, that's the biggest problem. There's a money issue. There's insurance issues. They're aware of those things, and that's where most of the complaints come from. And that's a common issue. If you read most of the reviews, that's where they're directed at. The bad reviews are directed at that. The good reviews are the same thing. It's they were treated properly. The, the dentist listened. Um, they're on time. Um, they love their new smile, so they can see that. You know, if you if you change someone's smile, visually they're able to see that. It's things they can observe. That's where the positive reviews are going to be coming out. Um, in a you know in a positive way online. Well, our show is a little different than a lot of shows in that it is half about the person and the leadership and how they make life work for themselves. And the other half is about the content and their expertise and how they can actually advise our audience how to be better in that particular topic. So before we get too much further along with the wonderful content you have in not only your book, but in your presentation and in your mind. You made a comment about you and he being like-minded with rating <clears throat> reviews, and I wanted to interrupt anyway, so maybe this was just a karma to allow Carmo. this. Carmo. <laughs> Carmo. This is Carmo. Because I'm a um, man. Yeah, for you to share, um, you know, like what your experience was hearing about his reviews and for you to share um, with people about your, I mean, I guess I'll share about you because that sounds even better when it comes for me. What you have, what, 997 five-star reviews? Well, we had 1,200 or 1,300, but Facebook decided to remove some, I don't know, sheath of people that were infected by Corona. I don't know. But <laughs> I actually I actually want to uh, address also that there were some lovely people over in Phoenix, Arizona, that wrote a book with me, The Howards, and yeah. Ron Howard himself, so not us. the director. So tell us, yes. And thank you for saying so tell us, as in tell me more. So um, <laughs> they have a video program that allows people to actually share in video format their emotion, how elated they are, how satisfied they were with the service. And we wrote a book together called Five Star Reviews Equal Five Star Sales, simply meaning that the more star five star reviews you get, the more sales you'll get. Because when people research you, they can't wait to give you money if you've satisfied other people. It's called social proof. And that's one of the topics of Len's book. And he has... Uh, Obviously, a lot of things that we're going to talk about when he comes back, and I guess talking about his childhood was, was a little traumatic, and so maybe... <laughs> you just needed to take a moment <laughs> for that. Yeah, yeah, a little Kleenex. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things he had addressed that um, you have done that I was really impressed with is he talked about what do you do if you have, you know, like one or two people who don't give you a five-star? How do you respond to them? And I like how... That's one of the reasons you and I um, started talking, Ken, as we met on the Internet Marketers Cruise, and then through different things 
and different reviews, we had this conversation about digital media and that's what led us to start working together and how you responded to them because I remember complimenting you on how you handled it because if somebody um, it wasn't a five-star, I witnessed you asking people, hey, you know, what do you think, um, you know, what can I do to make the experience better and, and what are some other things that you did and how did you handle, you know, feedback that was less than five? Well, when... I'll refer to Len because he actually addressed the same exact question and he gave the almost identical answer. It's that whenever anyone gives you a bad review, it's your responsibility to make it right. And it's usually offline. And I did like that part a lot because I have usually kept it online. And I I agree that what he said made sense. When you go online with an emotional customer, they could actually hit you with a barrage of all the things that they hated about the experience. And now it's on the internet forever. Whereas if you say, hey... I'm sorry, um, can I actually make this right offline? Can I call you? And that gets the emotion off the internet, and then it gets the responsibility and the solution off the internet as well. And then the customer, more times than not, if they haven't said how much they hated the experience, they probably will correct the review and allow the new internet review to actually um, represent the experience better. Right. And for, and for your situation uh, where you had a couple uh, reviews that were less than a five, it wasn't even, it didn't even have anything to do with you. It was more of like a political stance people were taking about other things. Len, I'm telling you, I, I know I asked tough questions. I know that last question was a little tough and it probably pissed you off a lot. So I get that you <laughs> Wait, left the show. The, the phone just went dead. I was talking and I, I stopped talking and I said, and you just weren't there. I said, wait a second. When did you, when did you even disappear? What did you hear what I said? You got like one sentence out. You got actually you got the, oh. the preposition the and what I thought was when you said the I said the review I'll be giving you will be one star I hate this show and then you left and then and are you then, joking I literally I literally I literally went through my said entire bio and I was stopped. born in New York I was born in New York and are, are you joking yeah. nothing more. We have a secretary that reads this to us. Let me get the secretary. Okay, I was born in New York specifically, and there's some town. And then that's when you got really pissed, and you left. <laughs> you know, I, I went through my entire bio, and, and, and literally, you. I said, I stopped. I'm like, where is he? <laughs> and I looked at the phone, and it was gone. Well, we, I'm like, are you joking? That's embarrassing. I mean, holy cow. Well, no, no, that so. is not embarrassing at all. I'll tell you what's embarrassing. What's embarrassing is I thought you were giving me a bad review, and I told Voice America, do not let you back on the show, because I thought we were getting a bad <laughs> review from you. <laughs> and now... <laughs> no, but, 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 but like I said, literally, I went through my entire little spiel, and, and I, nobody was even hearing it. That was... That, that well, was that's, I thought I was, being, exactly thought I was being punked. That's exactly true, Len. Andrea does a lot of research, and she has a background in a lot of criminology, and she got your, your stuff, and she actually said it for you. So you have nothing to say. <laughs> so what would, you like me to go, what would you like me to go back and say then? I, I think we actually need the whole thing. And, and uh, the good news about what Andrea says is that you've never been in jail. She did a criminology background no, check, and I, you've never been in jail. I, so I've good actually, job on that, by the way. I've actually never been on the milk card either. Never been a missing child. <laughs> I'm glad. All right. I'm so because the show is an hour long and sometimes we even have two guests, we have time to, I won't call it rehear, but for you to restate <laughs> um, okay. who you yeah. are. And, and by the way, okay. add the part about what happened in your childhood that caused you to be who you are today. I know that you talked about your dad being a dentist, but uh, go a little more into why that was so important. Well, I mean, so I was born and raised in New York. Uh, my father um, is a dentist. He... Um, 
he had an office. He had an office in my uh, the lower level, which he converted to a dental office. And as a child, I would venture down and watch him transform, you know, smiles. Uh, my mom worked in the office as well as the office manager, so both parents in the dental office. So I would be down there watching what they would do. And I, you know, the respect that people had for my dad was very influential on me, um, kind of becoming a dentist. Um, I could have chosen any profession I wanted, but watching the the what what people respected in my father really, and I had a very good relationship with my dad, really kind of pushed me into that direction. Um, you know, unfortunately, my mom passed away um, 15 years ago, so um, her wasn't fully there all the time. But my, I know that my mom um, and my dad's relationship was was cemented into that uh, into that dental practice. And uh, if it wasn't for my mom, my dad's practice wouldn't have been as, as strong as it was because my mom was the, kind of the fun person there, greeted everybody and everything else. So I, I knew that was, you know, I wanted to have a small, like, you know, boutique-type practice like my dad. Um, so, but having a practice in my home, I would just go down there and watch what he would do. I learned how to, you know, in, you know give, give painless needles because of my father and the technique he used. So that was very influential in determining... Um, that I wanted to be a dentist, but it was interesting. I actually really wanted to be a lawyer, to be honest with you, first. Um, but I was, and I still have a very, very, um, you know, definitive time when I changed my decision from becoming a lawyer to a dentist. I was sitting in my apartment at Tulane University in New Orleans, and in headline news um, came on, and it said, in the year 2010, there will be 100% more lawyers than there are now. That's what the, that's what the headline fact said. And at that point, I just said, you know what, if there's that many, 100% more than there are now, I'm not going to enjoy, I'm going to have a hard time probably becoming successful. And I made a decision literally right then and there that I was going to go into dental school from, uh, instead of going into law school. Um, and I called my parents, and my mother said to me at that point that um, I'm gonna, I was selling myself to the devil. That's what she said. Um, and uh, that was because my my mom, my dad and I probably were never going to be able to work well together physically in the same office. And, um, so my dad, unfortunately ended up getting cancer about a year later. And so he had to sell one of his practices. So we were never actually meant to work together, um, in the same physical office. Uh, but I ended up doing residency in, in Philadelphia after dental school. Um, met a woman in Philadelphia, got divorced, but still remarried, remarried someone in Philadelphia. And, um, I said I've been in Philadelphia now 20 years, which is crazy considering I'm a New Yorker, but I've lived in Philadelphia longer than I lived in New York. And um, I, uh, I've been in my practice now almost, almost 13 years, and that's kind of shaped the last, you know, the, the things that you mentioned in my bio, you know, podcaster, you know, I've written a book, but I've, I'm all self-taught from a marketing perspective. But I've had, to, I've had to grow my practice, so I had to learn all the things that, you know, we're going to be talking about today. Um, you know, and I teach to dentists all over the country. So that's kind of a little bit about how kind of things have developed over the years. Well, I just got Brock back on. I got cut off, and I didn't hear anything except that you're from New York. And so when we go back into segment two, I'm going to ask you to repeat everything for me because uh, I really want to hear this. Otherwise, I can't really do the second part of the show. Does that make sense? <laughs> all right. So we're, we're, we are actually going to break, and we're going to go into uh, take a deep dive in a raving patients, how to keep them away from Corona and all the other stuff. Okay. We'll be back in a minute. Andrea. 
Oh, we want to thank our sponsors. Our sponsors are the Umbrella Syndicate, Big Events USA, the Keep Smiling Movement, Voice America Influencer Channel, and the Red Carpet Connection. And we'll be back after these messages. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash The Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at umbrellasyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. Okay, well, I will confess, this is, uh, first of all, Ken Rashawn with Amplified on Voice America. We had an interesting situation, and I feel like being vulnerable is always the polite thing and positive thing and also the right thing to do. So I asked Len straight out during the break, are you going to give us a good review on the show? And he was a little hesitant. He says, I missed part of the show because of uh, technical, and I missed part of the show because of technical. There really wasn't a first part of the show. Review is very questionable. And I said, I don't know if we're going to have you back for the second segment. And he says, let's work this out. So um, we are going to continue the show. I'm going to be brave about the fact that this is going to be hopefully our first one-star review on the show. So this is a pretty big deal. (laughs) (laughs) So, Lynn, there's – yeah, I am. I am. So – I uh, embraced you seriously because your sh- your presentation was so point on, and it really is the solution to why people will be abundant or not abundant. And let's talk about, first of all, that so many people, when you look them up, they don't even have a reviews, or the reviews they have are typically negative. What, what causes that? You have to say that you don't ask for them. I mean, so, you know, businesses need to be aware that um, you have to ask to get their people are not just going to go online on their own unless they have a bad experience. So you have to wow them, and if you wow them, you still have to ask. But if you don't ask, they're going to go online and talk about the negative experience. So, you know, you have to, if you build it, they will come. So you have to ask, and they'll start doing it. Um, so number one is actually one, deciding that you want to make reputation marketing a priority in your business. And everything we do nowadays in society is based on reviews. You don't go to a restaurant without reading it. Even if you get a referral, I was in New Orleans and there was a woman there and she said, this is where I went for lunch. I highly recommend it. Well, we decided to go there, but before we went there, we still read reviews from other people. So we are what we call a reputation-based society. And, you know, we still look at reviews. So even if you don't do reviews yourself and you don't write them, you're still going to read them. 
so you have to understand that that's what we people do in our society. So you have to be getting them from your patients, from your clients, from your customers, whatever business you're in, you have to start doing this if you expect other customers to come on in. So that's the first thing. I mean, if you don't get them, you're not going to get them. And then again, with the, the more likely person to go online and do it is somebody who had a bad experience because that's our norm. So you don't want to get bad reviews because that's going to turn people away. So you have to ask for them from everybody, you have to, you know, over count or counteractive or counteract the bad review if you have one. So you show a positive uh, online, and you have to have them in abundance. You have to have a lot of them because you want to make sure people believe that you're a credible business. Because if you're not credible, people aren't going to come in. And the credibility is one thing, but as you remember from my seminar, you have to be visible as well. So people need to find you online in order to make that credibility work for you. So it's visibility yeah, you- and credibility that are most important. Yeah, why don't you talk about that a little more? So uh, someone has credibility but no visibility, or they have visibility but no credibility. Go ahead. So, correct. So so the way Google ranks you now online, and we're talking about the map pack of Google. So for people that you know want to know what's visually there, when, people, when you do a search, and it could be a any search related to a location, so let's do just dentist in Philadelphia, there's going to be usually AdWords at the top. Below that, there's going to be a map, which is where I'm focusing our attention on during this conversation. And then below that is what are called the organic rankings. Well, the map section of Google is heavily based on what we call reviews and what are called citations or listings. Well, the reviews is one factor, and you need lots of them. And Google ranks you. They don't usually rank businesses that don't have a lot of reviews. So the more reviews you have, the higher you're going to rank on the maps. Now, the other factor that's involved there is also the, the visibility. So the more reviews you have, obviously, the more credible, you, credible you're going to be. Okay, but there's one factor that people don't consider there, and I get this question a lot, is, hey, Len, why is there a business that has less reviews ranking higher than I am? And a lot of times that's because you have inconsistent listings where your name, address, and phone number is not consistent online. Mm -hmm. And Google looks at these what are called citations as another trust factor. And if your name, address, and phone number on all these citations are not consistent, that's where you'll find that these other businesses rank above you. So we call it visibility and credibility, and you need both of them in order to be very successful online. And I find, I find that all businesses that ha- have a lot of reviews and don't necessarily have c- consistent listings, they're the ones that are stuck in this rut where they have the credibility, they're struggling with the visibility, but they're wondering why they're not on that map of Google, and that has a lot to do with what you know, I'm mentioning here is they don't have these consistent listings. And, you know, the whole point is you need both of these factors, visibility and credibility, in order to be visible on the map and, and really take advantage of this great credibility that you've built. So having a great credibility without visibility is really a problem because nobody's seeing the reviews, okay? Mm-hmm. And then if you're visible on the map, so let's say you're in a smaller town. So I just met this week in a dentist, and she has five offices in a town which is not a lot of offices. So on a lot of the searches, if there's only five people, you're probably going to rank on this map. And she's ranking on a lot of maps, but she only had three Google reviews. And the other competitors had like eight or 12, or I think one had 15. Well, with only three, she isn't very credible, so she's wondering why she isn't getting many patients coming in. Well, if you've been in business 25 years and have three reviews, there's a disconnect there. So she had the visibility, but not the credibility. So like I said, you need both of those combined. You know, that's the same analogy to author success, content versus distribution. 
they have the most amazing book in the world, but they have no distribution, or they have most amazing distribution, but they don't have any good content. So it, you need those both to work at a powerful level. So you taught me something uh, in that. You taught me several things, but one of them was the number one reason people do not do reviews. You care to share that? Why don't people do? You said, "I'm sorry, repeat what you just said." I apologize. Uh, why most people are are not able to do a review on Google, for instance? Okay, well, well, again, the biggest thing is that people don't do reviews because they're not asked. Number one, okay, you have to ask to get. Okay, uh, that's that's one big reason. Um, you know, if they if they are asked and they don't do it, it's because they don't have time. You know, there's too many steps involved in the process. Um, they don't have a Google account, which is a, which is a big thing. Um, you know, they don't know what to write. They don't know how to do it. Um, you know, they, their life happens. They like to say life takes over. Um, but, you know, and I've interviewed, as I said during my seminars, I've been interviewed well over, I think it's about 1,200 to 1,300 patients at this point all over the country. And I know one of the biggest reasons why patients or patients don't do reviews is that when they get to that final step, when they have to actually log into Google, they have to know their password and patients don't remember their passwords. Exactly. And, uh, and that's, a big, that's a big step in the process that they can't complete. So I find that that's the, one of the biggest stepping stones that they can't fix. Um, and that's where the process stops. So that's and how the can process that Google. Well, with our software at BirdEye, we help solve that problem because we are using some of the APIs that Google allows us to use. And we help them bypass that password because we have a way to, to go on their software and, and uh, go onto the phone and help uh, alleviate that process by locating that password and, and auto-signing them in. Uh, but, we ha- but again, they have to be signed into their phone at least one time um, with that password. So, and I always say, hey, if someone has gone to that Apple store, they bought their phone, and the first thing they do is they want to review you, they're still going to have to log in. So um, if they don't log into Google, they can't do the review. I mean, that's just the nature of the problem. Um, but if they have signed in at some point, and most, most people have, I mean, this is probably 80% of the population can actually use a platform like ours and be successful using it. And that's what we find. Um, it's not foolproof, but it definitely works a lot better than just asking a patient and assuming they're going to go to Google and write the review. So we have a platform that about 9,000 dentists use now, um, and it solves the problem for the majority of them. Very good. And if you didn't sign in on your uh, phone, you could always do the review on your laptop. Not as likely, though, right? Not as likely. You know, as, as we mentioned, you know, um, not as many people are using, you know, desktops anymore. They're not as many people are using um, email. Email open rates are at an all-time low. Um, so many people are opting out of emails. Um, you remember that and I asked in the seminar, you know, who had the highest amount of emails that were unopened. That record was topped at this meeting. I was just at 469,000 unread emails was the highest number I have now. It was 425, 425,000. It got topped at this meeting. I was just at 400, almost 470,000 unread emails. So a lot but, of people aren't opening funny, their emails but, up anymore. Yeah, and what's funny, Len, is that people were competing with five-figure and six-figure amounts. Like it was not like someone was at 450 or 470 and the other people were at five or 10 or 20. Everyone was like, I got 45,000. I have 109,000. Like everyone was bragging that they were in the, <laughs> the high fives and sixes uh, figures. And that is, and by the way, that makes sense because so many people are inundated with crap. They're, they're, it's a communication tool that's undocumented and it usually doesn't provide value. 
Yeah, and that's why they open up a new Gmail account just so they can get be spam free. So nobody has and that's their main email for important stuff, and everything else is their backup email, which they don't they want to send all their crap to, and that's the point. So that Gmail is not their crap email, but they all have Gmail accounts, and I proved that as well during the seminar. If you remember by the show of hands I showed, so I this do. is a, this is pretty much throughout the industry. This is a very common thing we see through all industries. So Len, I got I got a. Uh, I guess a deep dive question for you. This is extremely relevant to Corona because so many people are hurting from a standpoint that they have cancellations, their life is kind of opening up, it's changing, it's uncertain. So this particular program is a program that could add five figures, potentially six figures to your bank account in a year's time and, and for every year afterwards if you follow this advice. So Len, so many people don't even check their Google or their reviews and they don't even know how many bad reviews they have. So would you address the question from two standpoints? One standpoint is in 2020, you want to be a leader in your space. And number two, Corona's hit us. You're sitting on your butt and you don't know what to do. What could you do that would make you tons of money while you're not going to conferences? So, you know, one of the things I say is, you know, reach out. You can reach out to your past clients. You can always send out, you know, even if you don't want to sign up for a platform, I mean, you know, right now, a lot of, as you mentioned, a lot of businesses are shutting down. A lot of the people are not doing anything. They're, they're at home. They're in quarantine. They don't want to go outside. You know, I, I had a dentist reach out to me and say, you know, hey, I want to go. I want to start using you, but I don't want to spend the money because I don't know what's going on in my business. Well, I told him, hey, you know, reach out to patients. You're, and, you know, send emails. I had, a, I had a non-dentist. He's a hygienist, but he's very well known in the industry. He got a bad review for something that was dumb, he reached out to his followers and he got 46 reviews in, in, a, in a span of 24 hours doing some, uh, some outreach that he was doing. So, you know, use the time, go get reviews. Reviews will be there forever. I mean, do you, I mean that's going to build your business forever. Um, you know, spend the time, call patients, check out how they're doing. Um, you know, there's, there's things you can do that will help you grow your business. And again, the reviews, I think, is uh, something that will be there forever. Um, and, I would just spend the time at house and make calls, check in on patients, show you care. You know, people mm-hmm. will listen to you when you show you care, and that's the point. That, that I think, I think it's all about customer service, in my opinion. Yeah, and I want to actually reference something we talked about earlier at the conference, which is that doctors who spend an extra whopping five minutes asking about the patient's life and how they're doing, et cetera, have an inordinate higher amount of reviews plus an extremely minute amount of lawsuits and it's from a conversation of caring. So you want to talk about that? Yeah. I mean, look, I think it even comes back to the, the negative reviews too. If you show you care, you know, if you if patients want to feel listened to it, and again, I'll, I'll just give you a, a brief, brief, something that happened today. I've been having an issue with a patient. You know, she's been a little bit unhappy with some work. Um, she came in today, we had a conversation, um, and I agreed with her with the way something turned out. It's a temporary stage. I can't fix it. Um, I walked out of the room and I came back in and, and I told her that, I, yes, I agree. We'll, we'll fix it. I just can't fix it right now. When she left, my dental assistant came out to me and said, you know what? When you left the room, she said, Dr. Tal actually listened to me and agreed with me. You know, I'm super happy now because he actually acknowledged the fact um, and, and didn't disagree with me on something. So if patients feel that they're listened to or business or even clients or customers feel they're listened to, they will not write something negative online. The fact that they write something negative online is because they don't feel listened to. They don't feel like they're important. That's what it comes down to. So 
you know, one of these ways, you know, that's where lawsuits happen. Lawsuits happen because clients, customers, whatever we're talking about here, don't feel listened to. They don't feel like the business is taking care of them. And it escalates to a point that it becomes unreasonable and these, these lawsuits happen. Um, and a lot of this can be unavoidable, you know, and that's where the biggest problems occur. So, you know, I think it comes down to the fact that people, you know, and, and myself being a New Yorker sometimes, and I'm fully, I, I fully, you know, I mention it as even when it comes to a bad review, um, you know, I put my foot in my mouth, I'm, I'm a little stubborn. Um, you know, sometimes people just have to take a step back and look at the big picture here. Um, but if people feel listened to um, and they take the time to understand what both parties are looking at, a lot of these issues could be avoided. But when it comes to business, sometimes they don't want to do those things. They don't want to take a step back and, and calm down for a couple of seconds. And that's why these things become unavoidable sometimes. Well, to, we want to go to rapid fire. We want to get to know you again um, from a standpoint as a leader. So I just want to go over the the main parts of your book, and I want to give you an opportunity to share some of the tidbits that you wish you had talked about had we had more time. I mean, obviously, if you didn't vacate the show for 20 minutes and I didn't vacate the show for 20 minutes, we would actually have a show. But us taking this party and leaving really made it really difficult to talk about your book in depth. So <laughs> uh, part one, getting uh, found online, part two, getting found in a compelling way, and then part three, collecting and marketing reviews from raving participants and uh, patients. I'm sorry. So why don't you talk about what I didn't ask you that you wish you could share with this audience? It's very valuable. Well, dealing with negative reviews, the best way is to get more positives. You know, don't sue anybody. Um, don't threaten legal action. It's simply getting more positive reviews, I think, is a big, huge thing I always want to get across. Um, the other thing is if you're going to market your business online, whether you're doing Google AdWords, whether you're doing you know, a brand new website, um, you have to have reviews before you do any of that or that money you're spending is wasting money. That's a huge thing as well. It's one of the most important things that I say is don't spend the money on marketing until you have a steady flow of reviews because you're wasting your money. So that's a huge thing. Um, you know, there's, there's various forms of um, marketing that you can do that can be successful. I think Google AdWords are great. I think Facebook funnels are really great for your business if, if they can you know, target the proper audiences, but you've got to have the reviews before you do it. Um, if your marketing isn't working, um, you know, stop. <laughs> Don't continue wasting money. Um, so that's something that's just off topic that I think is important as well. Um, the business owner can't just hire a marketing company and expect things to work. As Shark Tank, I'm a huge Shark Tank fan, you have to know your numbers from a business perspective. If you don't know your numbers, you're probably going to waste your money in marketing as well. Um, so that's another big takeaway I want to say to make sure mm-hmm. they understand as well. So I'm, I'm all about the numbers. You know, what are you getting? What is the return? Huge, huge opportunities there for businesses to turn around their, their businesses based on the marketing numbers. Stop wasting the money. All right, so let's go numbers real quick since uh, people can tell us a barometer. First of all, how many reviews do you think it takes for someone to feel confident? What is the rating people need to see for people to feel comfortable to shell over the dollars? What is the amount of money that you would recommend on Google to actually get a result? So star rating 4.5 to 4, 4.6 to 4.9 I think is the perfect score. We know that the studies show that you don't want all five-star reviews. They don't think it's credible. But that 4.6 to 4.9, I think, is what perfect is online. Um, I think that you need at least 75 reviews to really be effective online from a marketing perspective. Um, anything less than a 4.0, people do not think your business is credible. I think you need reviews in the past 
you know, two months, but 48% want them in the past two weeks. So these are all studies that have been done um, by a company called Bright Local with their local consumer survey. Um, so those numbers have been proven time and time again. Um, you know, from a marketing, marketing perspective, they, they say that you want about 6% of your uh, you know, collections going towards a marketing budget, um, which should produce about uh, five times, you know, uh, a five times ROI on that money. So if you're spending, you know, $60,000 a year, that should result in $300,000 in return on investment if you're using the right, the right people to do your marketing for you. So those are some numbers you should be, should be considering. Um, you know, budget-wise, it just depends on, on uh, specific avenues, but, um, you know, Google AdWords, Facebook funnels, websites, those are all where you should be putting your money in in this day and age. Um, but you've got to see the, and you have to track everything as well. You have to know where the money's coming back out. If it isn't trackable, you have no, no idea, no idea what you're getting in return. God bless you. That was super powerful to have those kind of numbers and that kind of knowledge. And you certainly proved your point that you're a numbers person. So I wanted to get the, the good stuff from you. Now we're going to go uh, with a quick rapid fire of things that the audience may not know about you that help me be successful. So I'll start off with a book that changed your life. Millionaire Next Door. Wasn't that a great book? That was a freaking good book. You remember the author? Um, I, we'll we'll I, post that. I have it too. I can't remember the author either. So uh, speaking of authors, where can people get your book? Uh, actually, my book is available at my, on my website, drlentow.com, drlentow.com. It comes out on Amazon in July. Um, uh, by the way, Thomas Stanley is the millionaire next door. Awesome. Yes, that's correct. And, that, and by the way, you, you just want a gift card at your next event, so that's awesome. Okay, <laughs> What's the song that gets you jazzed up? A song that gets me jazzed up. Um, wow, that's a uh, that's a hard one. Song that gets me jazzed. Hmm. Uh, I have to come back to that one. That's a tough one. Okay. All right. Well, this is going to be even tougher. What is a movie that inspires you? Oh, Shawshank Redemption. I love. Shawshank I knew you were going to say. I knew you were going to say Shawshank Good. Redemption. And, and I just saw it two days ago for the eighth time. That movie does jazz me up and inspires me. I uh, that was. So cool. I, w- I was about to say it for you, and you would have been blown away, wouldn't you? Yeah, I love it. I've seen that movie a bunch of times. I, that's yeah. a great movie. Well, it, it gets you better reviews. <laughs> it does. I agree. That, that is one of the best highly made movies of all time. That's why it's, it's a great movie. I so. agree. Yes, it is. Uh, and and by, the way, have- uh, by the way, wait, 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 Andrea, I just want to say, I just watched it for the eighth time, and I forgot that it was in Maine. It, was, it took place in Maine. I mean... You'd think this would be the worst place in the world. It was Maine that that that, that penitentiary was. It's crazy. Anyway, Andrea? Uh, if you had a superhuman power, what would it be? Be invisible. I would love to just be in. See, I'm a people person. I'm a people watcher, excuse me. So I love just sitting around and watching people's behaviors and stuff. So I would love to see how people would be if I was invisible and what they would do. So invisibility. And what is a quote you live by? What'd you say? What is a quote that you live by? Oh, in my in my yearbook in high school, uh, live life to the fullest because you never know what's going to end. Amen. Andrea? If you, uh, what charity do you love to support the most? What type of charity? Oh, uh, you know, uh, cancer. Because both my, unfortunately my mom, 
passed away from cancer, and my dad, unfortunately, is dealing with some cancer issues, so cancer, 100%. 100%, okay. And who's a person you'd like to meet that you've never met? person I would like to meet who I've never met. Uh, oof, there's a gazillion people there. Um, wow, you can give that's three. a tough one. You can give three. You can give three. Up to three. Three people who I've never met that I would love to meet. Wow. That, that's okay, really... Uh, there's... Um, I would say, um, do they, that they all have to be alive? No, they can be dead or alive. And dead means that we have to bring them back from the coronavirus, obviously. <laughs> well, that, that, that was, that's a tough one. There's so many people that I would like okay, to Okay, just alive. Um, Only alive. Only alive then. Um, so, um, Warren Buffett. I think it's a very extremely well well successful businessman. So I think there that was number one. Mark Cuban, I'm a huge fan of. So I love to meet Mark Cuban. Um, and um, you know, one of my all time favorite sports fan sports players who I've actually never met, but I was a huge fan of him as a kid uh, is Don Mattingly. He was I'm a huge Yankee fan, so he's someone I never met. Well, Len, you are a wonderful man, a, an awesome dentist, a great. Uh, advocate of people getting satisfaction and getting the service they deserve when they pay for dollars that they are trying to solve a problem. So thank you for what you do to take business to another level. It has been an, a real pleasure having you amplified in the show, both your heart, soul, and obviously the details of all the numbers. So thank you very much for being on our show. I'm going to turn it over to Andrea so that she can, uh, and again, what was your, uh, your website? It's Dr. D-R-L-E-N- TAU.com, and they can get Great. a copy of the book there and order it, and we, we will fulfill it ourselves at this point. So, Cool. Well, you are awesome. I'm so glad I got to meet you at uh, Sammy's event, and I look forward to a great friendship with you. You've been amplified. Andrea? Thank you very much. And as always... And as always, we want to thank our sponsors, the Keep Smiling Movement, Voice America, the Red Carpet Connection, Big Events USA, and the Umbrella Syndicate. Back to you, Ken. All right. We are going to be back next week, assuming that we uh, still have a planet free. That we're alive. Yeah, we're alive. <laughs> and so get those reviews now, and we'll see you next week or be talking to you next week with some amazing guests. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashad again next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go get your message heard.